Race Fuels is the leading fuel distributor in Australian motorsport, and we are seeking two enthusiastic, hard-working individuals to join our dynamic team in 2022. Both roles are based at Racefields headquarters in Dandenong, South Melbourne, and include travel to Australia's best motorsport events. The right candidates should be self-motivated, autonomous workers with a customer-focused attitude. To be part of our great team, apply now via recruitment website Seek, Jobspot on Speed Cafe, or email your resume to careers at racefuels.com.au. Two of the very best operators in the garage. Wow. This has been coming for a long time. These two do not like each other. There are two parts of the story as always. Red flag, this is a suspended uh, race. Hello, it's the Parked Up Podcast. We're powered by Race Fuels. My name is Grant Rowley. I'm joined by Tony D'Alberto and we are celebrating a fantastic race victory for Daniel Ricciardo at the Italian Grand Prix. Finally, we've got an Australian back on top of the Formula One world, a, a fantastic race. Uh, a heap to talk about in this pod, Tony D, including a whole bunch of supercars, silly season stuff. How the hell are you? Mate, I'm absolutely fantastic and you're dead right. There is so much to chat about. And what a fantastic win by Danny Rick. I mean, look, to be honest, I wasn't sure if it was possible. And it was a bloody good surprise when I woke up on Monday morning and saw that McLaren had a one-two at Monza and I just prayed that it was Danny Rick that had taken the win and he had. Yep. So uh, I can't believe Italian... you didn't stay up. I can't believe you didn't stay up. Uh, I'm very precious about my sleep because I, I like to, on a Monday morning, right? I like to get up early and ride my bike. Mm-hmm. So I do a, a Zwift session to start my week off well. Right. So mm-hmm. it was actually worked out really well. What time well. do you do that? 4.45, my alarm goes off. Wow. Because I sort of take a little bit to roll out of bed. So it's mm-hmm. probably just after five by the time I get on the bike. Okay. Uh, but the beauty of uh, Monday morning this week was there was IndyCar on. So at, at Portland there. So I got to watch that too. Amazing. Heaps, heaps of motorsport, heaps of motorsport. And so good. Like, I stayed up for this Grand Prix. I always liked the Italian Grand Prix for some yeah. reason. I, actually, I probably yeah. like most Grand Prix. I can't say I'm going to get too excited about the Russian Grand Prix that's coming up. But um, now that Danny Rick is getting a little bit of form back, McLaren is there, Max and Lewis are having a go at each other, sitting on top of each other at the first <laughs> chicane. Uh, it's a fantastic Formula One season. Yeah, and it's unpredictable. Uh, I suppose We'll talk about it more in the news, but it was an epic Formula One race and some unpredictable results there. So um, we can dive into that a little bit later, but a huge amount to talk about with uh, driver changes. I mean, last week we we spoke about it on our pod and I, I believe you actually brought it up mm-hmm. that you didn't think there was going to be many changes and I totally well, nothing, agree. Nothing was happening. Nothing was happening. Absolutely ne- nothing. It was like and a then sleeping we, giant. And then we finished recording the pod last Monday. And then when we, by the time we got home, we had Heimgartner going places. You know what? We need to get an absolute ace to help us dive through what the hell is going on out there in supercars world. Because this time last week, it was sleeping. Right now, it's a giant. And we'll get to Andrew Van Leeuwen, old AVL from over there in the far, far west. Uh, we'll get him to talk a little bit about the... Supercar silly season and help us see what's real and what's not and what we could expect 
in 2022. He's going to join us first up in the news right now. Let's go. And this is the news. The news is brought to us by motorsportwebsites.com.au. We have a awesome new website for Parked Up uh, that the very good team at Motorsport Websites have put together for us. Check it out, parkedup.com.au. They can make your site great, just like the Parked Up website. Now, for this extra special version of uh, our news, we've got our very good friend from over in the far, far west. His name's Andrew Van Leeuwen. And thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's not a problem. Now, uh, last week, uh, AVL, we were talking on our uh, our little podcast here saying not much is happening in the supercars silly season. I might have even said something very much that sounded like this. Just compare supercars with Formula One. Heaps of, you know, mid-season driver changes going on or being rumoured in Formula One. And at the moment, nothing for supercars. And at the moment, nothing for supercars. And at the moment, nothing for supercars. And ever since then, things have completely blown up. There's been... Uh, I think it was uh, literally like a couple of hours later that things started to blow that's up. That's right. <laughs> It was very poor timing. It was very, very poor timing. Crazy things happening with uh, Nick Perkat and uh, Andre Heimgartner. The stuff was flying all over the place. So we thought, let's just take stock and see where we're at. I guess, AVL, just during a usual supercar season, this is maybe similar to what I was talking about last year. And this is kind of covering my own backside as well. But when we're going to racetracks all the time, the silly seasons are, you know, typically right in full swing, kind of about now, maybe a little bit earlier. The, would you agree that things have kind of been a little bit delayed, maybe because the the season of racing has been delayed as well? Yeah, maybe. But often everyone talks about, you know, let's wait until we get to Bathurst, you know, or let's get through Bathurst and stuff. So you normally get a bit of an upswing. You find in that sort of pre-Bathurst period, things slow down a little bit often because everyone's so focused on that. But remember last year in Formula One, you know, that they sort of, their racing went into hibernation when the global health crisis kicked off. And there was this flurry of deals done around, you know, Daniel Ricciardo and Carlos Sainz and all this sort of stuff, all these guys moving around. And we've sort of had the same thing now. Maybe it's just, you know, pure boredom. People go, well, we might as well go do the deal now. We've got not much else to do. So, yeah, look, I don't really know why it's happened like it's happened. But, you know, and again, often it's just one little piece of the puzzle moves. You know, one little domino falls and the rest start flying all over the place. So, you know, we've seen that with Andre Heimgartner, with Nick Perkett this week, well, last week, sorry. You know, that's really set the whole thing in motion in a way maybe you can trace it back to the to the brock feeney announcement although that wasn't really much of a surprise i think we all knew and everyone knew that was kind of the way that was going to go but for whatever reason it's absolutely exploded and um we are in you know to coin a commonly used phrase or to to use a commonly used phrase we are the fully the silly season is in full swing well here we go let's uh, let's just tick off a couple of things that we don't need to worry about in the silly season and that's the uh, the, the teams that won't see uh, any change or at least um, we know exactly what they're going to roll up with next year. So that's headed by Triple Eight Race Engineering. Um, Shane Van Gisbergen and, and Brock Feeney, we know 100% are going to drive for the championship leading team 
uh, and they've probably got the two best seats in the house as it is. Uh, Dick Johnson Racing, also Anton De Pasquale and Will Davison signed, sealed, delivered. They will both get a second year at the famous Queensland team. Team Sydney as well, Fabian Coulthard and Gary Jacobson. They've both been locked in uh, previously, so so they'll be back uh, with that squad and Blanchard Racing also with uh, just the single car for Tim Slade. So all the other teams will see some sort of change in their squads. So, um, so or actually Erebus Motorsport as well. I need to put those in that in that list. They're going to have Will Brown and Brody Kostecki come back, the two rookies who won't be so uh, won't be as rookieish. But Walkinshaw and Dreddy United, Chaz Mostert, he is signed for another year uh, at the WAU team. Who his teammate is now is question mark. So it hasn't been a, a great season for him. And with the big stall as well, probably a, a, a large amount of frustration. But uh, that seat seems like it has is going to go to Nick Perkett. So Nick now has confirmed that he's leaving BJR after an extended period of time. And all signs point towards him going to WAU. Tony, does that sort of surprise you that uh, that's how things have landed? It did surprise me because uh, as far as I knew, and I think everybody was aware, uh, Nick had signed on with BJR for, I don't know, maybe another two years. Um, I was, I'm not too sure exactly what the deal was. But for me, that was just um, signs still delivered. There was going to be no change there. So it was a surprise. It's not a surprise to me that he would be searching for a seat like the WAU seat. I think they're a very strong team and it's a team that are on the rise and, you know, probably got more budget um, to play with than what a BJR do. And, and potentially, you know, Nick can finally um, get these results that we know that he's capable of if he's in the right car and right team. And so I can, I get it. I get it why he's trying to further his career, but it did take me by surprise a little bit when, you know, they announced not that long ago that Nick would remain at BJR and it was a happy family and all that stuff. Um, clearly not. Clearly it's not as happy as what we would have thought. And uh, it is a surprise to see uh, a change going on there. And obviously when um, Heimgardner uh, got dismissed or whatever happened with Grove there, um, then the rumours started flying that he would be going to BJR. And for me straight away, I thought, Hang on, who's leaving there then? Surely maybe uh, Hazelwood, but it uh, it just opened up a lot of questions. So that's what we're here today to discuss. But um, AVL, have you got any more insight into, um, I suppose, the reasoning behind Nick moving on from BJR? I think you kind of summed it up reasonably well there where you said that, you know, uh, there would be some interest in a challenge like moving to a team like WAU. I guess with BJR, Nick's been there for what, five years or whatever, you know, you really know what you're going to get with BJR and they're a good race team and they're capable of podium finishes, but you're just going to struggle to go out there and challenge for a title, you know, and for a lot of the season, a good day is going to be sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth place, you know, a driver of Nick's quality in that car was capable of that. But if you really want to move on, you look at something like Walkinshaws and where they are at the moment, the sort of, you know, the, the path that they're on in terms of their improvement yeah, I mean the, the the sky's the limit. Who knows where they could go um, in the next uh, in the next few seasons? So I can certainly appreciate why 
a, a fresh challenge would maybe be appealing to Nick. That's assuming he does go to walking shorts. I think he will. I think that's, you know, all of my info is, is saying that that's probably where he's going to land. I think there's been two teams in contention for his services. So it's WAU and Tickford. Um, Tickford are sort of, you know, we're expecting some changes in their lineup there. And, you know, I think they would have uh, perhaps signing uh, Nick might have been a way to try and keep that truck assist money, which is a sort of, it's a little tenuous as to w- w- where that's going to go, where that funding is going to go. So, um, so yeah, look, it's a couple of options that would potentially be on the right day, a slight step up the grid from BJR. Um, I certainly think that, you know, in terms of potential going to walk and shores, there's a lot of potential there. The only danger probably is going into Chaz's team, you know, in the same mm. way that going into DJR team Penske at the height of Scott McLaughlin's um, dominance, you know, that was very much Scotty's team. And we know that. And, you know, I think WAU has very much become Chaz's team. So, I mean, I think it's going to be incredibly exciting to see Nick, you know, with either of those options, you know, let's say he goes to WAU and he's paired with Chaz Mostert. That's a big test for Nick because Nick as the, you know, the mature um, uh, experienced driver that he is now, we've never really seen him have a really, really hmm. sort of stern test of a teammate. You know, it's he's always, he's been the team leader at BJR. You know, it was LD Motorsport before that where he was clearly the team leader. Obviously through the walk and draw era, he had some very strong teammates, but I think he's grown and developed a lot as a driver. So this is a big test because, you know, if he goes up against Mostert, there's no hiding there. Mostert is an absolute A-grade driver. If he did end up at Tickford, you got Cam Waters, who's an absolute A-grade driver. So, um it's going to be fascinating to see how Nick stacks up against a Chaz Mostert, for mm. example. Um, I think he's capable of taking it to him. I think Nick is probably on, on on my little grading system that I keep running. I would have him as, an, as you know, if not an absolute A, an A minus or a B plus. He's, you know, he is among the better drivers in the category. This is a chance for him to go out and prove, no, no, I'm as good as absolutely anyone out there, you know? So it's a big test for him it would be easy to stay at BJR and just be king of the kids there. But, you know, I, I admire and I'm looking forward to see him take on a new challenge where, you know, whichever way it goes, he's going to be pushed really, really hard. I think we've got to remember uh, Nick now is in his 30s, 30 plus. Um, he does need to make a move if he wants to have a crack at this title or the championship. Um, cause I don't think he's going to get that shot at BJR, um, uh, like no. we sort of all know. No, exactly. Um, so it is a bold move. There's no doubt about it, but, uh, I think you're right. Either Tickford or WAU would give him that shot at potentially having a decent old crack, um, at the title or even, you know, an, another Bathurst crown. So some of the reasons why, uh, the silly season kicked off in its, um, it, like it did, Last week was because Andre Heimgartner, Kelly Grove, uh, and uh, a bunch of other people came out and said that uh, Andre would not be racing again at Kelly Grove, which will, of course, turn to Grove Racing in 2022, and he was moving on. No official confirmation yet where he's going, but what we do know for sure is that there's a seat available at Grove Racing for 2022. Heimgartner has been linked heavily to go to BJR. Uh, maybe let's uh, let's before we get back to the uh, Grove Racing piece, which is um, which is kind of interesting. 
But if Andre is going to to BJR, who are his teammates? So we know now that uh, that Nick Perkat won't be there. There's three other seats. Uh, we can safely assume that Jack Smith will be there. Uh, he owns that wreck. Um, it's the only supercars team that he's driven for. Um, so you could safely put him there. You've got um, you've got Macaulay Jones currently in the Coca-Cola entry. Chris Pither had said a couple of months ago in some reports that he would definitely be driving in the Supercars Championship next year. Of course, that uh, that link with with Coca Cola and some of those other brands that are that, that come out of that uh, funding pool are actually Chris Pither's backer. So uh, he'll drive that car in the Bathurst One Thousand later this year. But uh, so he, he might be in the mix there. But I guess the uh, big question now, especially if Andre Heimgartner is going to be there, what's happening with Todd Hazelwood? And if Nick Perkett is going to WAU, would, can we may, is maybe is Bryce Forward a, a, a bit of a trade, uh, a, a straight swap from WAU for, for Forward to go to BJR? What have you heard, AVL? Right, so Andre Heimgartner is going to Brad Jones Racing. If that's not signed, then it's definitely going to be. So that is that that will definitely happen. Um, there's a bit of audio you can clip up and play when it turns out to not happen. Uh, <laughs> but um, no, no, that, that 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 is definitely where he's going. He will be sort of the lead driver. There definitely massive question marks over two of the other seats, as you say, Jack Smith. That's that's locked away. Um, so, you know, I, so Bryce forward will, you know, you would expect, uh, if this Percat, if Percat does go to WAU, which again, I will stress is very, very likely to be the case. Um, then Bryce forward is going to need, um, to go somewhere. Um, he has been linked to Tickford. Uh, he's also, you know, some very good sources are indicating that he could be going to BJR that you're absolutely right. That could just be sort of a straight swap there. He takes his middies backing. You know, he's well-funded. Bryce, he hasn't had a great year. He's a good young driver. I'll say I, I really admire WAU for actually giving him a shot in the main game, even if he doesn't continue beyond this season. I think he deserved that. I think Super 2 champions coming through the sport proves that, the, that there, there is some merit to the ladder and that the sport is functioning in some way like it should be. Um, and, yeah, he's got good backing from middies, you know. So he's going to land somewhere, and I think it, I think it very much could be could be BJR. Um, and that just leaves big question marks over where Todd goes. You know, T- Todd's kind of, he's in a potentially difficult spot if he can't stay where he is because, you know, he's not a paid driver. He's not walking around with a big sponsor and a bunch of cash to spend. He expects to get paid. You know, he's a, he's a professional driver who expects to get paid for his services. Um, he's just sort of in that awkward spot that, you know, he's not one of the huge name stars of the sport that can, you know, shop himself around to teams and, and land in a paid drive somewhere. You know, he's very quick, but has been inconsistent. You know, it's a tough spot to, to, to sort of go and find somewhere that's going to give you a paid drive, you know? So unless he's out there working out, trying to find a backer or something, if he can't stay at BJR, it could be tough. It could be tough, you know. I hope I'm wrong. He's one of the nicest blokes in the world. I hope he's on the grid, but it's going to be a... Um, you know, if, if he is out the door at Brad's, then there's going to be a bit of hard work to do to find uh, to find somewhere else to go. I guess he could be in the frame of Tickford as well. There's so many questions still to sort of be to be answered now. But yeah, look, I, I think 
I think we could see some pretty big changes at uh, at BJR next year. Boys, I just uh, went to Bunnings before to pick up a couple of little things and young Todd was down there flipping, flipping a, few sa- a few sausages. So <laughs> oh, no. I actually caught Not up with him song. and I, I asked him what was going on, you know. Um, he wouldn't tell me much, but um, no, you're right. Um, Todd is on that verge of, you know, being that paid professional driver. He certainly got the goods, I think, to to mix it with the guys at the front. He, he might not have entirely proved it just yet. And when you've got someone like a forward who comes with backing, and again, that doesn't take away from forwards um, speed and, and talent and all that stuff that goes with it. I mean, he is a Super 2 champion and he dominated that year as well. And he's got two years under his belt in the main game. And if he comes with some, you know, a, a nice sponsor like Middies, Sure, you know, Brad will definitely uh, would prefer that over, you know, trying to scrimp and get through a season just to keep Todd on board. And um, it'd be interesting to see how that one plays out because unfortunately, you're right, um, it's not like a Percat or a Van Giz or a Wing Cup or someone like that that the team can attract more sponsorship because they have them on board. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yep, that's, that's 100%. I think something that I think we should talk about is the fact that Andre Heimgarten is on the move. I mean, that 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 came as a surprise to me. And I'll, I'll tell you what, not just because we didn't necessarily see it coming, but I just think that Grove Racing wouldn't be a bad place to be. Mm. I think there's a lot of investment potential there. Obviously, the Groves are, you know, they, they, they've got plenty of money to spend. They love spending it on motor racing. They're talking a big game about where they want to take that team. And I think it's a very interesting decision. I mean, from what I've heard... Um, the issue was the length of the contract, not necessarily anything else. He was offered a deal. It just wasn't as long a deal as he wanted. It was apparently a year, but I just think it would have been worth rolling the dice. on. As I said, you sort of know what you're going to get with a BJR. Andre can be a little inconsistent as well. Again, very quick on his day, but you know, they're going to have their good days, but they're going to have their tough days. You know, that, that sort of Andre BJR pairing. I just think the potential at Grove Racing would have been really fascinating. If I was a driver, I'd be thinking outside of the really big teams, that could be a decent place to stay because they might become one of the really big teams, you know? And I, you know, even if he only took a year deal, David Reynolds has got another year to go. You know, he's 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 taken it to Davey pretty good this season. You know, would you not back yourself to just do it again and go, well, mm. even if there is someone they've got in mind, like, I don't know, a Porsche Career Cup driver called Matt Payne for the future, maybe a year, another year is all I really need to show, you know, back yourself to take it to Reynolds. And when the team is going to pick one driver, you're the one they want to pick. I'm not saying he would beat Reynolds in a second year, but I think he'd be a decent enough shot. You think you might give it a, a try, you know, that's, that's kind of what I think. Obviously a longer term deal with Brad's is a very safe option, but mm. you know, I'd be pretty excited about what the Groves might do if they really start spending some money. And, 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 you know, given the fact that we're going to have a bit of a fresh start with gen three, you'd be thinking down the track, are these guys going to be contenders? Because like maybe they are. Yep, they certainly uh, put a lot into their motorsport, and even just with their Grove Junior Team program that they that they're putting together that will roll out next year. And Matt Payne, as you'd said, AVL will be the the first step in that. They're looking to give young guys opportunities. They're looking to give uh, young talent. The, the chance to move through the ranks in a tiered and seamless uh, progression through uh, through sport, uh, Australian sports car stuff like our 
Porsche Championships and ultimately aiming to have them in their supercars program. So uh, Matt Payne, who I guess at the start of 2021, I can safely say the three of us would have had no idea who this guy was. And he's jumped out of what's been karting through. He won the uh, TRS championship over there in New Zealand, which is their junior wings and slicks class. And he's come to Australia. And after only three or four Carrera Cup rounds or whatever it's been, he's won a race. He's qualified on pole a couple of times. He's shown that he can do it. And there's, there's a fair bit there. I think it's awesome. I think it's very exciting that he's being touted as a potential full-time supercars driver, having only done three or four tin-top races. Uh, what do you guys think? Is it is it too early? 19-year-old kid that we don't know much about. Is he ready? Can he do the job at the top level of Australian touring car racing? Mate, no one knows. Absolutely no one knows. Even the Groves wouldn't know. Um, he's never driven a supercar before, so... Um, I agree. He's doing a great job in, in cup car and, um, he's surprising a lot of people and he's got a lot of speed and, you know, there's a lot of excitement around him, but I just wonder whether this is like a bit of a up you a little bit from the groves. You know, if Andre doesn't want to be here, we'll, we'll grab someone and make it look like it's all part of the plan. Um, uh, when really that if they'd already offered him or Andre a, a year contract, they wanted him to be part of the team and maybe they were just trying to line him and Reynolds up um, to then get him to the next stage and see, you know, evaluate things after that. But, you know, Matt Payne in the future might be an absolute star, uh, but it's very, very early days. And I don't know how anybody can really make that assessment that I think what a lot of people, they, they underestimate supercars. They underestimate how tough it is at the top. They just think they can, you know, potentially come in, with someone that's quite handy and suddenly get some results when they already got some bloody good drivers on board. So I think it'd be a pretty big learning curve. I mean, I personally think it's going to be a fairly big learning curve for someone like Brock Feeney, who's jumping in the best car in on the grid with the, one of the best teams and has had, you know, many, many years in supercars already under his belt. So it's a tough ask. And then, you know, you, you put on board or on top of, He's got to get dispensation to get his super license as well. So I don't know. Do you think, do you guys think that's honestly on the cards that's going to happen? I think it's definitely plan A uh, for Groves. I think it's plan A. I think there's a couple of important points you touched on there. You know, we had almost this exact same conversation when we talked about Triple Eight signing Brock Beanie. Not many bad cars in the field anymore. You don't have to be missing by much to look average, particularly in qualifying. So, yes, this is like Matt Payne's first year of car racing. So, that's a big, it's a, it is a huge ask to come in and do and, and do well. I just don't see what the issue with giving him a super two season is, mm. you know, like that's just, probably that really was part of the hurt? plan though. Well, maybe that is, and maybe that's, you know, where the one year deal came mm. into it. And maybe mm. there's some writing on the wall make that, a lot of sense. that Andre's seen, you know, but again, you back yourself to, 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 to be too good to get rid of, if you know mm. what I mean. But yeah, I just really don't. I really don't see the harm. I think you can do a lot more harm by rushing it than by not rushing it. You know, he's not going to get worse at driving racing cars with a season of Super 2. Uh, at the same time, we could have had this conversation about Shane Van Gisbergen back in 2007, the 17-year-old Kiwi who'd done a handful of car races, um, came over to um, 
Oren Park, you know, <laughs> you would have gone, well, what about Super 2? What about doing something, you know, getting a bit more experience? And it just clicked and, and off he went. So it's not impossible yep. that he could no. come through and do and do well, but you're exactly right. There is no way to know. And, you know, one win at a Porsche, uh, TRS, you know, that's great to go and win TRS, but it wasn't quite the TRS that we've seen in previous seasons because obviously there was no international drivers uh, this year. It's usually a, a huge deal to win that thing. Again, not trying to take anything away from him, but it's just so early. But, you know, mm. you, you grab this talent when it's there. I think it could, putting him on a, on a junior team deal, that's it's a great idea. Absolutely yep. fantastic idea, you know. But I just don't see where the harm of, you know, a, a Super 2 season or two when he'd still be, what, 21 after two seasons? Like, um, the other thing is, and, and, and you touched on it, is the uh, Super Licence Dispensation. And that may be a little more challenging um, than they necessarily think because there was kind of there was a precedent set with the Nathan Hearn thing at Bathurst yep. last year. And the, the scrutiny on exemptions now is massive. Absolutely massive, you know? Um, so uh, given the fact that, like you say, he, you know, how many super, I think he'll run super two for the rest of this year, but like how much racing is he actually going to get to do with the way the well, exactly. shaping up? Exactly. Uh, how much Porsche racing is he actually going to get to do? So he's not going to get a lot of chance to do a lot of racing. It's a big ask to go to Motorsport Australia and say, hey, can we stick this kid in a supercar? Because again, every decision they make, and they keep saying, well, one decision doesn't affect another, but it does. It has to, because if they let him do it, then, you know, like if you're Nathan Hearn, you'd be spewing, go, hang on a minute. I've done whatever in Trans Am cars and this and that, and I was deemed not good enough. But this kid who started racing at the start of this year and has never driven a supercar or might get a one super two round is, man, that's a, uh, that's a difficult, um, that that's going to be a tough sell. That's really going to be a tough sell. So, you know, that's, I think that's plan A, but I would imagine they'll be sitting on some sort of plan B. Um, yeah. And maybe the plan, maybe the plan B would have to be a, you know, obviously someone who's got a super license first and foremost. So, you know, a, a driver who has proven they can do the job in the past, but, you know, not necessarily looking to um, restart their career another just you know grab another year in at, at the top level of the championship as a stopgap because it's clear that groves have got their sights set on matt Payne or young drivers the next generation of stars so what about someone like a holdsworth that's you know yeah, year out? maybe i was going to say tony d yeah i'm, a, I'm a couple of years out but i'd happily do it don't worry <laughs> I um it's, i think it's tony he goes tony but, d goes out there flogs reynolds for a year and then he's, back. <laughs> he's, he's in business <laughs> that'd be incredible um but do you think it was a case for heimgardner you know he he wants to be the main guy he wants to have the team around him and he he saw an opportunity at bjr and things weren't looking uh, exactly how he wanted at uh, at grove so he just thought bugger it i'm out I'd rather be the leader rather than, uh, you know, play second fiddle perhaps to someone like Davey Reynolds. Look, there is definitely something that's gone on there because like I say, you would sit down and look at the potential investment from the Groves and think that's a really good place to be. So whether mm. it's a personality clash, whether, look, I don't know, something has happened um, to take him away from that team because I would think even on a year deal, that would just be a pretty attractive place to be staying not saying bjr isn't 
but I think you kind of know what you're going to get as I it's went just through cash though. It's just money, you know, like if they can really invest in gen three and developing that and get themselves up and running really quickly, you know, you, you prefer to be there rather than a team that, you know, it's traditionally really relied heavily on sponsorship dollars and not had the backing behind to sort of throw around or, you know, if they don't have a sponsor for a year, they can just rest on, you know, yeah, a on team cap, owner's on, money or that's right. That's right. No, I, I, I totally agree with you. I agree with you 100%. I, I think that it's, um, I think that, yeah, like I say, outside of the real big teams, I don't think Groves would be a bad place to be in terms of potential in the next, right. in the next few years. And we might not find out. Yeah, well, that's right. We might not find out about Grove Racing uh, until we know where Matt Payne sits with that super licence. But I think we're going to find out about Tickford Racing pretty soon. So Cam Waters, so so out of – they're going to have four cars next year. We know that uh, Thomas Randall is coming in uh, and he will use the the recently secured – um, wreck that uh, that they have got, which takes the team back up to four cars. Now, out of all, all those four cars, Thomas Randall is the only driver that has actually got a signed deal. Um, the, uh, the the new kid, which will, will be time. He's I shouldn't say new. He's been racing supercars for quite some time. He won the Super Two Series in 2020 after with, with just in that shortened series. Thoroughly deserves his his crack at a full time gig and one of the nicest sort of uh, human beings who uh, steps foot inside a supercar's paddock. Cam Waters, as we understand, about to resign. James Courtney again with the um, with the boost funding that he brings, yet to resign, but uh, a fait accompli. So the big question uh, sits around that truck assist supported entry of Jack LeBrock. Truck Assist has been Jack LeBrock's um, sponsor for the past three years. One of those years he wasn't actually driving that car and Lee Holdsworth drove that car while while Jack was driving the uh, the Super Cheap Auto car in the final year of Super Cheap's backing of Tickford. So it, it seems, it feels like Jack is on the way out. Uh, he's had a uh, disappointing season this year. Uh, and, and things just haven't really gone his way, and all signs are that he is on the way out there. So, who fills those roles? I, I, I'd heard uh, someone um, reputable say to me that um, that that is there's options open, and there was as many as six drivers who were kind of in the mix there. Now, are they looking for someone with cash? Have they been able to retain that truck assist? Cash, you know, Jack LeBrock would be a fantastic endurance driver. Um, so, so you know, lots of different uh, driver and commercial potentials there. Uh, AVL, what's what's your read on on where that where Tickford Racing sit for next year? Yeah, I think you've you've covered it off reasonably well there. Um, three of the drivers are locked in or all but locked in. So yes, Cam Waters no contract. I think they're just waiting on re-signing Monster. As a, as a sponsor there before that deal's done, that doesn't mean that, that Cam staying is dependent on signing Monster. It just means that, you know, they're going to keep Cam. So they have to find a way to pay for him because he is a paid racing car driver. So that's um, that's obviously, you know, just letting the, letting the sort of commercial pieces of the puzzle fall into place. 
uh, before that gets announced, but that will definitely happen. Um, I, like you have heard that, you know, J James Courtney will, will stay there. Um, he'll have another year. Tommy Randall locked in. Um, so yeah, look, it's just that extra car. Uh, Bryce Forward has been linked to it. Um, but uh, a, at the moment, the noise putting him towards BJR is a little stronger, but you know, like there's so much going on that um, it's hard to say anything for certain right at the moment. Yeah, look, I think there'd be plenty of guys in contention there. They need to fund. They need to fund it. You know, if you look at whether they want someone to bring money or not or whatever, they need to fund it. Um, I certainly agree that all indications, all signs are saying that Jack LeBrock will be out. Um, the truck assist money. I mean, that could end up. There was a lot of talk that Lee Holdsworth was going to take that truck assist money to Walkinshaws for the second seat. So maybe, maybe Nick Perkett's still ends up in a truck assist car there, or if Nick doesn't go there, Lee Holdsworth still ends up in a truck assist car there or whatever, you know, so that money could still head in that direction. I'm not sure who else they could try and sign to, to keep that truck assist money at the moment, but I believe that, you know, if they could find the right high profile enough driver, potentially they could do it. It's it, it's pretty messy around Tickford at the moment in terms of exactly how it lands. And like you said, there's a, there's a heap of names you could, you could, we could sit here all day naming drivers and they could potentially be in the frame if they found themselves in the right commercial. Yeah, situation. well, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's just name every driver and then we mm -hmm. can say, well, we got it first. Parked right. up was first. Okay. We'll get uh, we'll get this... Motorsport Australia to send us a list of drivers eligible for a super license. <laughs> and we'll just run through in alphabetical order. I mean, okay, it, so... it does sound it does sound uh, messy when you when you say it like that. Um, but in you know, realistically, they've got four cars They've got three seats that have, have been ticked off. Uh, a sponsor that would stay, but they do want a high-profile driver. So, you know, if they can keep truck assist, then they're sort of in a pretty good spot there to put, you know, potentially somebody that they really, really want in that seat and they believe can can do the job. But it seems like Jack, I mean, Jack has come to that team with that funding. So it is fairly well linked to him. Do you think he could take, truck assist somewhere else well the, I think, uh, the, I think the if options of truck assist he stays you know i think that's partly the issue that could be it the uh the other little tiny 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 question mark that i want to throw at you lads so uh, just looking through the other teams that we haven't spoken about matt stone racing jake kostecki zane goddard expected to be retained is uh what i've written in my notes here now is that because like I don't want to think. <laughs> I don't really care about it. Let's uh, let's just whoa, let's just whoa, move on. Whoa, hey, sorry, I can't. Sorry, no, I can't. No, we just don't want to open up any more can of worms. That's right. So <laughs> we can leave Matt. Let, let's leave Matt Stone for the because uh, they haven't really been uh, featured heavily in too much of the silly season chat. So um, let's expect those guys for this episode to be retained. The one team we haven't spoken about not once is Team 18. Mark Winterbottom absolutely signed and sealed. He will definitely drive at Team 18 for next year. Scott Pye, is mm. he close to re-signing? Is he potentially a Tickford Racing it's, it's driver? Interesting. It's interesting. It's, it's funny that it hasn't been announced if it's super straightforward because you would just announce it, right? That's definitely fascinating. I, actually, I texted him the other day and I said, what's going on? And he said he's going to MotoGP. So that's, uh, I don't know if he was being truthful to me. I think he right. might have been lying to me. Hey, I don't know. That's all I, he said. I agree. I don't know if that one's um, as clear cut. I've, I've heard little murmurs that he's on the move. I don't know where, but he well, potentially won't be at Team 18. Well, that's the, uh, so like the, there's, as we've sort of discussed in this, uh, you know, he's been at Walken Shores before they know what he's about. 
Uh, would he go back there? I'd probably say that there's uh, a, there's probably unlikely. So you've got Tickford and you've got Brad Jones racing. Maybe I he'd be a good one for Tickford. Uh, yeah, it'd be a real test for him up against up against uh, Cameron Waters. Uh, up against James Courtney, who's still in pretty good form and, and is running pretty good in this year's championship. Thomas Randall, I guess he'll be a rookie, certainly a full-time rookie anyhow in the, in the championship. So, yeah, real good test for Scotty Pye. We know he can do the job. He's he's won races before so and finished on the podium before uh, at the top top level. So, uh, yeah, that would be certainly the, um, the biggest test that he could find. But also, uh, you know, if he gets... Same treatment, similar car to to Cam Waters. Then you could imagine that Scott Pye is is going to be he would be a contender. It might come down to some commercial considerations as well. I don't know. Obviously, Tickford have they're not just trying to sign four drivers. They're also trying to sign four major sponsors to put these things on the road as well. So um, you know, I think he comes with a little bit of backing, not um, not full car style things, but. Um, yeah, that would be that would be interesting, and then yeah, maybe we've got an opening at Team Eighteen as well. And Charlie Schwerkolt, super loyal guy. So yeah, I'd imagine his first uh, first first thing to do would be to try and keep uh, Scott there. But um, you know what? Nothing lasts forever. So um, I think it's a bit of a watch this space in that regard. But I think like for who Tickford are looking for and name driver. Um, a guy with a huge amount of experience, can hit the ground, hit the ground running, has results on board as well. I reckon Scotty would actually fit in, fit into that mold very well. So I'd say his name is in that mix of the six drivers that are seriously being considered. Yep, yep. And he'd be, he'd probably chuck Hazelwood in there as well. Get him for a little. He'd be a little bit cheaper than Scotty Pie. But what I, do you like? If, potentially, but it, why wouldn't you just keep LeBrock? Like if that's what they want, then they've got someone they know where they're at. And I would say that they're at a similar level at the moment, um, even results-wise. I think Scotty Pye would be that little bit better with that more experience on board. Well, very good. That uh, only took us about 35 minutes, I reckon, boys. Uh, it was a bit over 35 minutes to I'm go more through. more confused where... than Yeah, where I was about started. to say, I think we've made it worse. I think we've actually made it worse. But that's just, <laughs> that's just how it is. I was actually, um, like last week, particularly the second half of last week, all I did was stare at my phone with about 5,000 different message threads going on, trying to untangle it all. Um, and it was, it was hectic. It's been, it's been definitely a very hectic, uh, a very hectic couple of days trying to put all the pieces together. And, you know, there are times where as a journalist, you spend a lot of time trying to solve puzzles that haven't actually been, haven't actually been made yet if you know what i mean you know the, the picture on the puzzle isn't even clear even the people involved in it don't know and you can sit there and try and piece it together but it's impossible because the deals haven't happened so there's still a fair bit to play out there uh it's going to be a fascinating few more weeks i think as everyone tries to get everything sort of in some sort of order before we eventually go racing again at the end of october or whenever it ends up being um but yeah she's been a wild rolled uh few days no doubt about that well abl as always we thank you for joining us here on parked up we're powered by race fuels the uh we're gonna tony and i are going to talk a little bit about some f1 racing that happened over the weekend now but uh before we do that we'll say thank you very much for your time it's my absolute pleasure boys enjoy the rest of the pod cheers mate 
And we thank ABL for joining us on the Parked Up podcast to review some of the silly season changes. And even while we're recording the pod, the silly season continues to evolve, Tony D. We've had Andre Heimgartner 100% locked in at Brad Jones Racing, which of course we spoke about during uh, during that chat there. There was plenty to talk about. So out of all of those things that have been happening, out of all of these uh, changes that we've seen or mooted changes, what's the what's the biggest mind-blowing piece of news you've been dealt so far? <laughs> to be honest, the first one with Andre getting uh, announced that he was moving from Kelly Grove or Grove Racing, whatever they want to call it right now, that shocked me because I just thought he was going to stay there. He, he was a done deal, no problem. He's, I, I think he's done a very good job. Um, but then the Nick Perkett one, I thought, no, what? <laughs> There's no way. No, especially after you know him signing back with BJR, and that just looks so settled there. So there's been a lot of surprises, and I think you know some of those key ones. Once they drop and the domino effect sort of starts, then some of the other drives you can go, oh, okay, I can see why that's happening now. But those first two, I think, have played a big part in, uh, I suppose, the land, the, the drivers' landscape for 2022. Yep, and we'll see. Uh, like we did, we spoke uh, quite extensively there, and it, um, yeah, there's lots of different permutations. So let's see how it all um, pans out. Let's talk about the Formula One Grand Prix in Italy over the weekend. Daniel Ricciardo, a sensational victory, started second right next to Max Verstappen, beat him off the line and effectively led every single lap of the race except for some of those um, uh, times during the pit stop stuff. A faultless performance, no mistakes, plenty of pressure being applied in the early stages by Max, plenty of pressure in the end being applied by his teammate Lando Norris. Very, very difficult to pass around that around that place. Lots of green flag conditions but made no mistakes and thoroughly deserved every single one of those 25 points that came his way. Yeah. It was just sensational to see him um, back in amazing form. He's happy um, seeing that, that famous uh, Danny Rick smile and the shoey on the podium as well. It was just, I think formula one, they were craving a Danny Rick weekend and that's what they got. So he's an Italian boy. I mean, he's, he's from Western Australia, but he, Hey, he's, uh, he's definitely uh got the Italian surname and to win at Monza, I think would be a very special occasion. So hats off to him. I'm glad that we're starting to see some real form from him now because he's, he's, he's done it tough this year. And I think uh, everyone could see that he's had to dig really deep. He's probably been a bit confused why he hasn't been as quick as what he would like as soon as what he would like. Um, and let's just hope this is a turning point and not just one of those weekends where everything clicked and uh, you got a result and you weren't sure why. Let's hope that he's actually on top of it now and he can start really challenging uh, Lando Norris uh, more regularly. So, but uh, forget, sort of, forget challenging Lando. Let's challenge Max and well, Lewis. If you're, challenging, if you're challenging Lando, you're probably going to be not far off those boys either. So um, he's generally on pretty damn good form too. But uh, before we got to Monza though, there was a huge amount of uh, driver change and announcements going on in Formula One as well. It was like last week, it just went absolutely crazy. It all got kicked off with Kimi Räikkönen announcing his retirement, which we've covered last week. But then it left all these questions. Who was going to go there? We sort of knew that Bottas was going to make the move somewhere. Um, but then that was finally announced that he was going to join Alfa Romeo. 
but there is a bit of a question mark against his teammate, though, uh, whether Giovinazzi is going to remain in that seat as well. But Grant, mm-hmm. the long-awaited announcement of Sir, I'm going to say Sir because he will be a Sir at some stage, Sir George Russell joining Mercedes-Benz. Wow, he's going to get knighted, do you reckon? I mean, well, he will because he'll he'll overcome Lewis. And Has Lewis been go, knighted? Jeez. Yeah. Oh, okay. So he's, oh, he's, 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 he's Sir Lewis Hamilton. He's not Sir yes. Lewis Hamilton. He's not. 100%. Oh, wow. That's yeah. awesome. Good on you, Lewis. Good on you. When are you going to be Sir Tony D? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so, yeah, George Russell joining Mercedes-Benz, which you all sort of knew about. Um, and that obviously opens up a door at Williams. Alex Albon comes back in and joins mm-hmm. Williams and he'll race uh, against Latifi for another season at Williams as well, which I think is well-deserved, to be honest. I mean, he's, he's actually taken up to George Russell many times this year, so very well-deserved. But then there still are some seats left over. One seat, one seat at Alfa Romeo. So the hot tip, Tony, is that Guan Yu Zhou, who's racing for the Alpine team in Formula 2, is the favourite to take that seat. But there's this little Aussie bloke who also races for the Alpine team in Formula 2, Oscar Piastri, who's leading the championship and beating this Zoe fella. Like, come on. I say no to Zoe and yes to Piastri. So do I. Why, let's get a literally. second Aussie back in uh, back in Formula 1. We haven't had two Aussies, not since uh, Ricardo joined uh, Mark Webber when, he was, when they Webber. were both racing for the uh, senior and junior Red Bull teams. Um, of course, it'd be great to see Oscar there. Before Oscar gets that seat, though, he needs to wrap up this Formula 2 championship. And he's looking so good. He had another win on the weekend at Monza. He leads the championship yep. by 15 points. He's right on the cusp, and I can't believe they're going to give the seat to, or they're looking at, uh, you know, obviously this second-rate guy when they could have this Aussie who's <laughs> clearly better. Well, not to take anything away from him, but Piastri has dominated in, well, when I say dominated, he's leading the championship in his first year, which only the elite do grant. Mm-hmm. That's that's the that's how um, teams evaluate drives. If they can win the F2 championship in the first year, then they're an absolute gun. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what Oscar is doing. So he deserves a Formula 1 seat if he wins that championship. But who knows if that opportunity will come about. Um, the other guy that could be in the mix is Mick Schumacher. He's a Ferrari junior driver and would slot into the Alfa Romeo seat very nicely. And I think he's got to do something about where he is at the moment. He, he wouldn't want to spend too many more years at Haas um, mm. not being able to show what he's made of. As they just spend more time, him and um, Mazipan, <laughs> just crashing. Into each other. Just crash. Yeah, exactly. It's like desperation down the back, trying not to be the last uh, car on the grid. So it's a bit of a funny dynamic there with those two guys, which mm. is a bit strange because they actually have raced each other a lot in their careers. And now they've just absolutely blown up at each other. And I think they're completely over each other. So that could be a very good seat for Mick Schumacher. Mm. But we'll see. That would we'll be see. Good. That would be good. That would be good. But poor old Giovinazzi looks like he's out of a drive. And he's doing a reasonable job, you would say, mm. certainly compared to his teammate. And I know the last couple of rounds has been a bit odd because Kimi hasn't been there and 
Um, they've had Robert Kubica come through and uh, Robert's been qualifying down the back, but Giovinazzi has been right inside that top 10 and looking pretty damn competitive. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, right, there so was a, a little... More, more racing, more racing. There's more racing and it was happening in America and you sat up and watched it this morning and you're going to tell us um, about how Alex Palau won at Portland Scott Dixon was third. Scott McLaughlin was ninth and a pretty good performance mm. on that road course. Look, I didn't get to see the whole race because it was a 110 lap race or something. I got to about lap 50 and you didn't actually have to wait long. And there was a shunt at turn one at the start <laughs> of the race. So it reminded me of like a sim race that I've been doing recently. <laughs> um, Roman Grosjean, man, he just lived up to his Formula One reputation so so much in that race he he barreled down the inside of half the field and took out um most of the contenders of the race so yeah started basically a domino effect there of uh cars just pinballing everywhere unfortunately i braked himself and uh caused a bit of mayhem but that style of corner at portland there at the first corner is very tight and they have shunts there very often but scott mclaughlin managed to get through that he qualified 15th and got himself up to fifth after that shunt. So very, very good to be able to stay out of that trouble. And uh, yeah, finished ninth in the race. So not a bad result, but the Pensy cars weren't that quick. They, they all qualified in the teens and didn't really seem to have a lot of pace on board. So Scott Dixon, he was involved in that first lap shunt as well, but he didn't cop any damage. Um, but he had to do a fair bit of recovery during the race to get himself near the front. So that championship is very much alive. And I think they've got two or three rounds to go um, in that championship. So it'd be interesting to see who can take it out. I know Scott Dixon would love to see him take another championship, but he's a little bit behind the eight ball at the moment. Mm, well, uh, I thought it was pretty impressive from Scott to get that result, a top 10 finish. Uh, improves his position in the in the rookie of the year standings as well. Winning There's no that. competition there. There's yep. no competition. He'll smash Roman. I mean, Roman's been quick, but he hasn't you know, hasn't finished most of the races. So uh, Scott's got that in the bag. Perfect. That's what we like to hear in the bag. Um, okay. Uh, would say oh, MotoGP. I tell you what, I was watching that before the Formula One race. And it was an absolute cracking battle between Francesca Bagnoia. Uh, I probably haven't pronounced that correctly, but he rides a Ducati. He is Jack Miller's teammate, the Australian. He smoked him. He smoked everyone except for Mark Marquez, who passed him like eight times. Over the last three laps, Marquez got past him eight times, but Bagnoia would sort of just quickly dart straight back in front. Marquez couldn't get the job done. It, MotoGP is the best motorsport that the world has. Well, that's a bloody big call. It's the best. That's a big call. It's the best racing that motorsport has. You know why? Because racetracks are built for cars and they're very wide. So when you've got this skinny bike, you can do a lot of passing. In Formula One, you can't get around because the bloody aero and tracks are narrow and people you know, clip tires and end up landing on top of Lewis's head and all mm -hmm. those sorts of things. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I, 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 I just struggle to get in, into MotoGP. Everyone loves it. And I, I can definitely see the attraction to it, but I, when it's on, I'd rather, I prefer watch Formula One than MotoGP. 
Well, that was the beauty of it. They usually have them separated so you can watch but so you can watch both. One leads into the other. We've spoken about this before on the pod. We either have weekends with it with literally no racing, or mm-hmm. we have every form of motorsport ever ever <laughs> ever made on the same weekend. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, it's, it's so hard to keep up with it all. There was a bit going on. There was a bit going on. Um, okay, cool. Uh, that is pretty much it for the pod. We should just very quickly sign off Tony D with um, with two things. Next week on the pod, we're going to have a chat to three ladies who chickies. operate chickies, who operate in the motorsports scene, the local motorsports scene, who might not get the, the their their fair share of uh, coverage. They might not get their fair share of kudos for what they do. But they are all of them are integral parts of of uh, helping the sport uh, tick over. So um, stay tuned. That will be in next week's episode of Parked Up. That will be episode seventy six. But before we sign off on episode seventy five, let's talk about your sim racing expert. Ex- ex- oh, ex- mate, what, mate, what you're cutting I- out. You're cutting out. We better go. We better go. Mate. <laughs> I actually, was cutting out. I was tri- <laughs> I was tripping over my words. But that was uh, that was nicely done. So, uh, thanks to Logitech, Tony D is racing in the Cash Converters Supercars E Series. Trying your shocking, to. your shocking run has continued. You were racing next gen NASCARs at Daytona last week. Um, you got caught up in a turn one bingle. Mm, your car was sent. Your car was sent. Was your car was sent into a into orbit? It and was. you went flying. Uh, have you landed? Has the car have, back on its deck? It I have landed. Um, I had some concussion. I had to go to emergency at the Alfred um, to try and uh, repair some of that concussion. And uh, I tell you what, after it was the, a big shunt. After the shunt, I got some verbal concussion from you, <laughs> from you blowing up about it. Oh, it's so frustrating because you, you know, I put time and effort into it because I want to try and get a a nice result for the Logitech guys who um, I'm very thankful for them having me on board. Uh, It has been a lot of fun, but then when you get involved in the shunt in the first 200 meters of the race, you're like, Oh my God, why did I just spend hours preparing for this race? So we did spend more time in the pits than actually racing. Um, I wasn't alone though, Grant, because so many drivers logged off the server about halfway through the race because they had they were lapsed down. They had no chance of actually getting a result. They like bugger it. I'm going to bed. Yeah, it's so frustrating. Sim life is either amazingly fun or it's uh, it's you want to throw something at the screens. It's of course, very frustrating. Our man that we had on last week's pod, Brody Kostecki, took the win. Did he take you on a drafting tour around the circuit in quali? I don't think he did. No, not in quali, not in quali, but we had a bit of fun in practice where he was bump drafting me. And uh, actually, I think we ended up second or third in that warm-up session because of that bump draft. So, <laughs> so he, he did it for one lap and then he peeled off and went to the pit lane. So I did find it funny, though, that uh, during the week we saw the news that uh, that we won't be going back to any more ovals. There's three rounds to go. We were meant to do another oval, then Bathurst, then another oval. Mm-hmm. But now it's changed to uh, for the All-Stars. You guys are going to race at Monza, then Bathurst, 
and then wrap it all up at Watkins Glen in the States. So why the change? Why are we not going to ovals? <laughs> like I said before, there's, there was more than uh, myself that were, was affected by shunts um, last week. And I think everyone was a bit fed up with that. So, uh, you know, they, they put it out to the drivers. Supercars put it out to, to all the drivers uh, that are competing and said, hey, we want to change things up. What do you think? And basically, other than a couple of the drivers that were happy just to go around in circles, probably the ones that have done well so far, um, everybody said, yes, please, let's go and, and drive our supercars around some some really cool racetracks. So I, I think the NASCAR thing was cool last week, but it probably doesn't uh, appeal to our Aussie fans. So I think getting back in a supercar um, at a, an iconic circuit like Monza, especially on the back of the Formula One weekend as well, should be a lot of fun and and the actual um, pro sim races uh they're at phillip island this week so um two cool tracks and hopefully we can see some some really decent racing rather than just shunt fest like we saw last week yep okay that is about all we can have time for i mean sorry we could have we could just keep talking because there's really no time limit on these sort of things and we could just keep going for hours and hours but you're probably sick of it already um we uh, thank everyone for listening please pretty please subscribe to the parked up podcast on apple apple pods on google pods on spotify check out our new website thanks to motorsportwebsites.com.au and of course if you're interested in joining the industry check out those two new fancy job positions that race fuels has uh, got out there they are looking our major sponsor race fuels is looking for two people to join their team, a uh, warehouse and event support person and um, and someone in the coordination and logistics. Come and work with the guys at Race Fuels, Mark Tierney, Sean Scott, and a great team there. They need your help. They need the help of some very good people. They're a great team. Tony D, if you had a forklift license, do you have a I forklift do. license? I oh, do, actually. You should apply for one of these jobs. Well, I was going to say, um, we're not doing much racing at the moment. You could, and I've seen the way you push around the, a uh, race drums fuels drum. Elf, drum yeah. dr drums of Elf 102. I got that I, down pat. I've seen that before. So you're probably first in line. But I was just going to say, if you do go for the job and you mentioned parked up, you get a 10% pay cut, <laughs> uh, pay rise, pay rise. <laughs> um, yes, it could be one of those. Roll the dice and see which one you get. <laughs> <laughs> thanks everyone uh, and thank you tony d see you next week see you man cheers you're listening to grant and tony on the parked up podcast and yet again we are parked up <laughs> but hey race fuels knows motorsport and we know the people who love motorsport don't like to sit still you're building tinkering or tuning your race cars So if you're getting a vehicle ready for your next track day or next race meeting, consider Elf Race 102. It's a high-octane unleaded fuel with 3% oxygen. It will protect your engine and you'll make power. Don't worry about our premiers shutting the borders. We warehouse Elf Race 102 in your home state and we can deliver to you. Drop us an email, info at racefuels.com.au.